This is a free download from Delancey Healing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Healing Church building at the Banks and Sanctuary in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk. and inspired already just from talking to them and hearing from them and uh, I know you will this evening as well. Um, so I'm going to hand straight over to David. Good evening. Um, it's really exciting tonight folks. You're going to get to hear Esther and she's a lot more beautiful than me and she's also a lot better speaker than me so, so I'm really excited about that myself. Um, I just wanted to say first of all uh, what a great tennis mass, match this afternoon. We're all, we should all be happy this, uh, this evening. But I would like to say at this point, please, I don't want to hear anybody whispering about the, 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 the next match. Um, we don't want to know anything about Heather Watson at all. Those that are recording it want to go home and watch it. And I want to say thank you to them for coming out tonight and putting um, God and Cambodia before Heather Watson, so bless you, and we're going we're gonna to stand in faith this, this evening that she's going to win because of that, so, so um, but thank you, thank you, thank you for coming along tonight and, and everything. So we're going to just look very quickly at a little PowerPoint. I'm going to tell you some information about um, what we're doing. Um, the, some of the things in the PowerPoint you'll have seen before, those that can remember um, from, from the last time we were here two years ago. But I want to sort of give you an, an, a sort of like a bit of, of, of everything. So this is just a picture of the outside the royal palace in Cambodia. It looks really quiet and peaceful. The only reason that is is because they put bollards at both ends and nobody can drive down there. But I can assure you that's not the norm um, in the streets in Cambodia. Um, the first picture we, the, sorry, the next picture that we have is our centre. So again, you, most of you will have seen this the last time. Our centre is split into three parts, just like the work. We have the church, which is the main thing that we, that, that, that we focus on. Um, then we have the early learning centre and we have Be Free. Esther will tell us lots about Be Free in a minute. But the, the, the church, or sorry, the building is split into three. So the bottom level um, is, is the early learning centre, the middle part, the church, and Esther has the nice place up the back. Um, she has to go up all those steps every day, but she gets the nice breeze. So, and it also keeps her well out of my way. So, um, so, so anyway, the, the next picture we have, um, I think, is of the church. So this is the church inside. Now, we have, we have 250 seats in the church, um, we don't fill them. We're not close to filling them. Um, we hope and pray that we will fill the, the church one day. But at the minute, we've probably got about 70, 80 people coming. 
I'll explain in a second about the church. Our focus is not to become a mega church in the city. Our focus is to churn out leaders to go into the villages and lead churches and lead people to Jesus in the villages. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a minute. But we'll go through the slides first of all. So, so the, next, the next slide um, is of the early learning center. So I, you'll see in the background um, the play park. Or actually, they're in the play park. Um, so um, all the nice painting. Some people from this uh, congregation tonight did the painting. It's absolutely brilliant. And the play park was paid for um, by... Uh, Delancey Elam and we're so blessed to have this honestly the, there's children come to our early learning centre because their parents want them to, to be in a place where it has a really really good play area for the kids to go out and play and a lot of these children are actually children that come from slum villages so they wouldn't even imagine or dream of even being able to go into a play park never and, and, and already um, we've had seven children sponsored today by, by yourselves. I mean, that these are amazing, and we're so blessed. We still have six left. I'll talk about that later. Um, but anyway, this is all the staff and the children, and most of the children look happy except for the little boy on the very right-hand side. I've just noticed. I've done this about 20 times, and that's the first time I've noticed him. So next time, Esther, he's to be kept out of the picture, okay? Um, but anyway, yes, we're very, very blessed um, to have a wonderful staff and amazing children that come to the Early Learning Centre. The next few pictures are slides of Be Free. So this one is the girls um, doing their, their Friday Bible study. And then the following one is Danny just putting the, the, the hat on one of the girls as she graduates. Again, Esther will tell you all about that in a minute. Um, so the next few slides after that are, are village work. So... Really, this is where we were different to where we were the last time we were here. Um, we had just started the kids' club. I think our guys, you were out at the village, weren't you? So this village, this kids' club started um, about two years ago, just, just um, before the team came. And Sirac is the guy with the guitar and Sophia. And they, um, they started the, the work in the village. Sirac had told me he wanted to start to go, to go and evangelize to his family. So his mum and dad and his sisters and all those that were in the village, he desperately wanted to show Jesus to them. And I says, okay, let's go do it. So we went down and we started a kids club and it went really, really well. Um, and we had about 100 children, 80 to 100 children each week. Then we developed into other things. There's a couple more pictures, I think, of the children. This little girl breaks my heart. Now, this photo is just... You just you get you get a photo sometimes, and this is this is one of the photos that just I think is absolutely amazing. This little girl is like the lead, the lead in everything, and the, the, she she comes to the front. She t- the, all the, the older children are doing the dances, and they're doing them right, and she comes into the middle. She's like a wrecking ball. She knocks people out of the way, and she does it her way. But she was sitting, and they genuinely the kids in the village they genuinely do sit and pray and praise God and there's a couple the next two photos the next one's just a couple of little boys none of these are staged they just happen to have been taken and and they they were perfect for to show you how much these children are learning the next one another little girl just praying and um, we're very very blessed with the Happy Kids Club which is what it was and we've now started to develop in another village and there's another village starting when we go back Um, 
we then started to do a church in Sirax Village. And this took quite a while. Now, this lady is 80 years old. She has just received an audio Bible. She's one of the amazing people from the village. She's a next-door neighbor of Sirax family. Esther loves this lady. She's probably Esther's favorite person in Cambodia, and then I'm about number three or four. But, but this, lady, this lady is her number one. Um, we started the church about around about this time last year. We started the church, and we didn't know what to expect. Um, we, we, we just started to see who would come and talk to us. We started off with some food. We ended up with about six or seven people, and that progressed to the end of the year where we had about 12 or 13 coming. In November last year, we had our first convert, and that was Sirach's mum. And that was so exciting because the whole reason we went down there was to see Sirach's family um, come to Jesus. So shortly after Sirach's mum, um, two of, her, uh, of his sisters got saved, and that was wonderful. So by the end of the year, we had seven people that got saved, and we were so excited about this. So in the new year, in, in January of this year, we decided to have a baptismal service, or, or talk to them about a baptismal service. And in the baptismal service, by that stage, there was more saved. So we asked who would like to be baptized. Now, at that point, I explained what baptism was. It was telling people, really, it was showing people in your village that you have made a decision to move away from Buddha, and you have decided to follow Jesus. And that when you go into the water, you're... you're, you're, you're dying with the old and then you're rising as a new person so they understood this i made sure they understood this i said now you understand that it's only those that have asked jesus into their life that's asked for repentance that can be baptized so i says who wants to be baptized first hand up sirach's father now sirach's father had never told us that he'd got saved but he had and i had actually said to sirach on the way down in the car that day he says i don't know when my dad's going to get saved and i says listen I actually think your dad is saved because I've seen so much change in him. And this man would have sat way, way away from everybody just in the corner and just observed everything but never said too much. Very, very quiet person. And I said to him when he put his hand up, I says, you know you need to be saved to be baptized. He says, I got saved two months ago. He says, but I just didn't know how to tell anybody. So I just says, oh, this is magnificent. So Sirach, he was just sitting with tears running down his face. And it was a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, four of Sirach's family saved. Um, the four of them were baptized. I think the next slide um, is... Sh- okay, so this is everybody that came to the baptismal service. Now, this is the whole village. The whole village came to see 11 people get baptized. Um, it was just absolutely amazing. Um, we wondered, I couldn't work out, why is there so many people came? Because we've, we've asked them to come to the other things and they haven't came. But it actually turned out that we were told that what it is, is that they were, the, the, the false teaching that they were told was, is that when somebody becomes a Christian, they give their life to Jesus and then they're baptized. And what happens is you're drowned and you go straight to heaven. <laughs> so they actually, Cambodians love a bit of drama. They really do. If, if somebody, if somebody gets injured or even worse than that, killed, they'll run to take photographs where the rest of us would all run away or, or would all be, they're clicking away and all oh, I guess it's crazy, but it's just they're part of their culture. So they came thinking that 11 people were going to die and they were, look, look how happy they are. So, 
This was before. So anyway, we got into the baptism, and I think the next slide. So this is Sirach's dad. Now, look at the setting behind, for starters. How beautiful. Could you get a nicer place in the world to baptize people? So he came out of the, the, the water with his hands in the air. I think most people thought he was, I, I didn't die. But actually, he came out, he came out full of the Spirit. He came out with his arms in the air celebrating. And the lady... To the very right hand, you can't really see it in this. You can see it brilliant in that. But um, the big smile on the very right hand side is Sirach's mum. And she's just so, so happy to see her husband, you know, celebrating in this way. And she was the next one to get baptized. It was a fantastic, fantastic uh, evening. And we were so blessed for this to happen. So the next photograph is just another one from another angle of this. And there was 11 people baptized, and as it says, the youngest was 12, the oldest was the lady with the, with the, the, the Bible, Esther's best friend, and she couldn't get into the water, but we, we baptized her outside um, um, with jugs of water over the, her head. We had one guy who got his leg blown off um, 30 years before in a, in a landmine. So he got in with, we were trying to work out how he was going to get into the pool. And while we were trying to work it out, he jumped in the pool and he was standing beside me. And I'm going, how did you do that? So he was a lot more agile than the rest. So um, the next slide is my two girls. Okay, so I couldn't finish this part of the presentation without showing you my two girls. And I think the last time we were here, we had Meg, who's on the right hand side. But we now have Ruby as well. And these two girls break my heart. I, we've been away from now nearly... I'm going to hold it together. We were, no, I'm, I, I will hold it together because I know that I'm going to see them on Thursday. And actually, I was talking to these two lovely ladies earlier on, and I was just saying to them, at 12.30 on Thursday, when you're having your lunch, there's going to be the most amazing reunion between Esther and myself and our two dogs. And there's going to be licks everywhere and that's just Esther but 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 there's going to be so many so, so much happiness in that moment so just think of us on Thursday at 12:30 with that moment and and um and then the, I've already told Emily that Ruby will become her best friend within within seconds and that will be me blowing out and then I'll not have a dog so so anyway these are our two our two angels that we're going back to um just before I hand over to Esther um I want to tell you very, very quickly, we have a a plan and a strategy, a vision for church planting going forward, and it's really, really exciting. It's really exciting, but it's really nerve-wracking at the same time. We we believe that God has has prepared us um, with these first couple of church plants that we've got. The second church plant has got about 12 or 13 going to it. We have one person saved in it. Somebody's been healed in the village. It's, It's amazing. The third one's about to start when we go back. We've got permission from the district governor to start. Um, we have a vision and a plan that by the end of 2020, which is four and a half years away, um, that we are going to plant 125 churches. I can't really believe that I'm even saying that. But we are. We believe we've now got this. It takes really long to plant the first one because you need to get it right. Then the second one takes a little, not just so long, the third one. But by the end of this year, we've got a system worked out with a strategy, with a team in place. And we are going to go and we're going to plant 
church after church after church in the villages. And we really believe that God's going to be right in the center of it. And we're going to see massive things happen. Um, I, I hadn't even shared this with, with Emily. But, but honestly, the, the next number of months are going to be so exciting as we move forward into this. A church plant in Cambodia will be around about... Your villages of about 150 people. So you get about 25 to 30 people is what you should expect at the most to come to your church. We're going to pray that we get all 150, but an average church will work out about 30 people. But as somebody said to me recently, one of the national leadership teams said to me, if we went into a city of 10,000 people and we open up a church, if we get 100 people, we're celebrating. He says, you're planting churches which in, the, in a city the size of 10,000, you'd have 2,000 people coming to it. So he says, what you're doing is you're, you're planting mega churches in villages. So we had a bit of a laugh about that, but it's true. For to get 30 people out of 150 to church and saved, it's quite, quite a, um, a, big or, a big thing. So, so we're trusting God, we're trusting the Holy Spirit. We believe that we're going to move ahead with this and, and it's going to be really, really great. And we're going to fund it by opening our own guest house. And we're going to open a guest house for teams that are going to come and stay. So that when a team comes, instead of paying money to hotels, they're going to pay to stay in the guest house. And after we have two teams each year, every every team that comes after that, all the money will go to church planning. We don't always want to be begging for money. I will be begging for money in a little while, but we don't want to constantly be begging for money. Whatever happens, that the, that the Cambodian people can survive themselves. They don't need us. That God is at the center of everything. And everything that we're doing, we aim that the leaders will be Kamai and that we will be the mentors in the background so that at all times it doesn't depend on us. So at no point do they ever need us or rely on us to be there so that we can leave if we ever need to. Um, Okay, so you've heard enough from me. Esther's going to come up and share about Be Free. Hello. Um, this is very tall, isn't it? Because it'd be tall to be behind here. Oh, goodness. Um, just recently, the 2016 Global Slavery Index was published, and it proved that there's 45.8 million people reported to be um, enslaved in some way around the world. And there was 167 countries that took part in this survey. And Cambodia came in number three. And in Cambodia, um, there's all different forms of, of trafficking and, and slavery. Um, girls are more recently are being taken to China as brides. Um, there are men who are on fishing boats, never able to come home. And a lot of children are, are taken. Um, and in Be Free, we, we work with organizations that have rescued girls. Um, and we provide a 12-month training program where they learn different life skills. And then we help them find a full-time job at the end that they can provide for their family. Um, out of all the girls that have come through our program, only one hasn't had a child um, from what she's had to do before she came to us. So when the, when the girls come to us, the first thing we do, their child goes to our early learning centre and is safe and secure there. And it's not just for the year that they're with us, but 
for, you know, if the child is four months right up until they're five or six ready to go to school, they, they're part of the Early Learning Centre and are sponsored to be there. Um, we have three full-time staff and shortly I'm going to let you see a video of Sikkim, who's our project manager and it's her story. And we also have a Kamai teacher and um, she teaches from the Bible as well and does some counselling. And then we also have... Um, a member of staff and she is the whiz on the sewing machine and teaches all the crafts that, that the girls make and the craft side of it it's a small part but it's really good therapy and the girls come from horrific backgrounds and the fact that they can make something with their hands that then people want to buy um, you know it just gives them so much joy whenever I show them a photograph that somebody has a key ring that they're using you know they're so happy that they've made something that people like um, at the minute, we have five girls in the program. We have a budget each year for six. And um, there is um, one girl, when we go back, is ready to graduate. So at the end of the 12 months, um, if they've completed the program successfully, um, we then hold a graduation ceremony. And that's whenever you saw the photo of the, the lovely hat. And we do the whole thing. We make um, an album of photographs. We never put any photographs of the girls on, on social media um, we just take photographs of their hands or from the back for that purpose. But for the, we, we give them a scrapbook, and for that we have photographs of them working or selfies. Cambodians love selfies. Oh, they love photographs of themselves. Um, so we give them a little book of memories from being in Be Free. We give them a, a necklace that's a little bottle of jewels that they're, um, they're a jewel to God. Uh, we give them a bracelet with their name and Kamai, just to remind them that God knows their name and they have an identity in him. And we give them flowers and, and different gifts like that and just honour them for all that they've done in the year that they're with us. Um, we have good days and not so good days and you never know what the day will bring. You never know what phone call you're going to get uh, or what you're going to, when you go around to be free in the morning, what is going to happen. And we've been away almost five weeks, and we've been going around churches and saying, you know, the girls are really great. They're all really stable. Um, we've had with some girls that are only there since January, some girls that are nearly nearly with us a year, and they're all doing really well, and they're in a good place. We 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 encourage them to be part of the church so that when they leave us, they still have that family connection. So all was going really well and we're getting updates, everything's fine, until two Mondays ago and uh, I was shared in our church that morning and the next morning I woke to a message from Sikkim saying, Esther, two of the girls have a problem, can you phone me? So I thought, oh no, it has to be bad if Sikkim wants us to phone her. So finally we got through and it was Sikkim and Danny, the counsellor that we were talking to and after a little bit of chit-chat, how are they and things, they said that one of our girls, who's only been with us since February, she's 18 and she has a baby boy who's about eight months and she went down to the riverside and she sold herself for $10. And we, we just, we were just stunned, first of all. And Sakim and Danny, their faces were just heartbroken. Just absolutely devastated because, and I just, just seen this girl and know how much she's come on in the short time that she's with us, but that she felt that she had to do this. And it wasn't even about the money because 
She'd had her salary a few days before, but it's just what they've, it's just what's, what's in them, what they've had to do. That it's almost like an addiction that's still there. And um, so I then got really angry. <laughs> David had to calm me down, and um, you know I said to the girls, "Like, bring them in after you talk to us." And one of the one of the older girls, who's almost ready to graduate, had encouraged her to do this. So I was really annoyed about with her. And um, so over the next few days, messages were going back and forth. You know, how are things? Have you spoken to them? Um, we asked for their case managers to come in so they could talk with the two girls and and just try to encourage them and try to keep things going until we come back and can talk to them. Um, but that's what we're dealing with. That it's girls that feel they've no worth. And um, we had um, probably three years ago, whenever Be Free was only just starting, one of our friends came over and she did a devotion with the girls and was telling them about how God loves them and values them. And she brought them all into the bathroom one by one to look in the mirror and go, Satna, that means lovely, beautiful. And one girl just couldn't do it. She couldn't look at her reflection in the mirror because of all the shame that she had for what she'd had to do. Um, so we, we really value your prayers. Um, we, when we go back to date, our girls all come to us from um, organisations that have, that have rescued them, that do some trauma counselling, and they're Christian organisations, so they're taught a little bit about Jesus. Um, but just before we came away, we met with a lady who does an outreach down at the riverside, and she's been doing this outreach for about four years um, there's a group of five ladies go down. There's a Kamai restaurant lets them set tables out and they buy food and they just pray for whoever will come along. And there's people down there that are homeless and are selling themselves, all different backgrounds, all circumstances have taken them there. And um, this lady has, there's a young lady who's about 24, has been on the streets for four years. And, she, um, and our friend wants really feels it's a good fit for her to be part of Be Free. So because we were coming away two days later, she couldn't come because our girls just wouldn't be able to cope at the minute. So we've asked that if she could be put in some temporary situation, getting some counselling until we come back and then bring her along to Be Free to see if she'd like to do that. So really value your prayers for this because it's a whole new avenue that we're going down. Um, but we're very excited. And... Um, we, we just ask for your prayers, for, for safety, for wisdom, as we counsel these girls and we, we help them to have a life transformed in Jesus. And um, recently at our church baptism, three of the girls were baptized. Um, they all have come to faith. Um, they know about Jesus a little bit before they come to us, but then the year that they're with us, we really help them and they have that deeper relationship with him. Um, so I'm now going to show you Sakim's story and, um, and you'll see why she's the project manager and how she can, how her background can help her um, with the girls that we work with. Thank you.
Sukin. And I'm a member of the Phnom Penh Elim Church in Cambodia. I'm also the manager of Be Free Cambodia. I'd like to tell you my story. When I was four years old, I was sold to a Chinese family for 600 US dollars. I lived with them for three months as their housemaid. I would clean and tidy for them. But because I was only four years old, I knew nothing about housekeeping. So when I did it wrong, they would beat me and hurt me. They would use sticks, beating me until I was black. This went on day after day until I was 10 years old. After six years of being beaten and lied to about my mother, who the family told me was coming back any day soon, I was moved to another family. The second family were even worse than the first, calling on me all times of the day and night to wash their clothes, clean their house, look after the children and beating me more than I had ever known. I was so desperate to be free from the family. One day a friend living nearby told me of an organisation that had a shelter where they educated girls in my situation. Because of how I had been treated, I had no money. Because I had no money, I couldn't afford to travel a distance to get to the shelter. So I had to say no. I had nowhere to go. I wanted to get away, but I couldn't. So I decided I needed to steal some money from a neighbour to fund my escape. Each day I would steal a penny, then another day it would be two pence, waiting until I had enough to escape. The neighbour began to notice the money was going. One day she caught me and questioned me. Why do you steal my money, she asked. All I could tell her was about my situation, the family making me work and beating me. When she heard my story, she, she had pity on me and took me to the family and confronted them about what they had been doing. The family just stood silent. Then they promised to take me to the shelter I had been trying to escape to. We left for the shelter and when we got there, they left me outside saying they would return with food. They never came back. I was left on the doorstep of the shelter from morning until night when an old man came to check on the girls. It was a Sunday, so the shelter staff were not in. The old man asked me why I looked so sad, so I told him my story. He invited me into the shelter for the night. When morning came, the organisation interviewed me. They saw all my bruises and decided to let me live in the shelter and educated me until I was 18. The plan was then, once I got to 18, I would leave the shelter and live in the community house. Once I moved to the community house, I was doing well. I had been treated very well. And I met a man and I fell in love with him. I became pregnant. When I first came to the shelter, I had nothing. Now here I was, 18 years old, pregnant by a man I didn't really know and who had decided to run away once he found out about the baby. I was so upset. I felt so stupid. I wanted to get rid of the baby and I wanted to kill myself. I was rejected by my friends, by the father of the baby and by his family. I felt so alone. The center offered me counseling and they encouraged me to stay strong and to believe in God. I will be forever thankful to these people for keeping me going, for encouraging me to keep my baby and for keeping my life. 
Whilst living in the shelter, I gave birth to a baby girl who I named Kiara. She was beautiful, the best thing in my life. She gave me purpose and a reason to stay strong. The counsellor I was working with knew of the work Ealing was doing in Cambodia with the daycare centre. So I was able to get Kiara into the centre, but I wasn't able to pay the monthly costs. Amazingly, Kiara was given a free place. I was so happy and thankful to God for the amazing, kind people that they would give me so much for nothing. Because of Kiara being part of the daycare centre, I became closer and closer to the church. I started going to prayer meetings where I was prayed for. I came to church and I was accepted. It felt like home. The people loved me more than my own family did. During that time, I didn't have a job. I really wanted to be able to support my daughter and me, but I had no skills except actually making cards. I tried to sell them, but no one wanted to buy them. One day I was with David Allen, the Ealing missionary in Cambodia. I showed him my cards. He then showed them to his wife, Esther. The next thing I remember, I was being told of an email that had come from England, asking if I could make more cards for them to sell. After some time, David and Esther spoke to me about my cards and a project they were running called Be Free. When I saw what they were doing and how my cards could help others, I decided to get involved. And that is how Be Free started making cards. And now I am the manager of Be Free Cambodia. I feel so different to how I did before. I feel so warm. I feel happy every day as I walk into the Be Free company. This is my home. This is my family. This is where God wants me. Recently at the church, I had the opportunity to stand up and I was able to tell them of all that God had done. I was able to say thank you to them all for the help and support I have received from Elam Church and the Be Free campaign. Some of you will have seen that um, DVD clip before, um, but we really wanted to show it again because it gives you an idea of, um, well, it gives you an idea of what some of the girls have been through because some of the, the girls that have came through the program have been very similar to what Sakim has. And I mean, Sakim was four years old when she was sold um, by her parents. She doesn't have any family at all. She doesn't know anybody to do with her family she's no way of ever finding anyone from her family so she she basically is on her own and she has little Tira Tira's father um who didn't want to know anything or have anything to do with 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 Tira when when um Sakim got pregnant um he actually died playing football a few years later at the age of 21 um so Tira doesn't have a father and and 
Sikkim has now tears five come in six or six maybe um, and Sikkim has brought her up amazingly well when you think she's had no role model as a mother or anything else um, until she came in to be free and then she has the role model, uh, role model of Esther and um, I have to say Sikkim is very, very special, and she's a brilliant manager in Be Free. She's a wonderful young lady, and she's restored completely only because of her relationship with Jesus. And, and she's now leading these young girls to Jesus. And out of 13, I think there's 13 girls that came through the Be Free program. Out of 13, 12 of them have been baptized. Um, they, 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 they don't just come into the program and learn English and, and Kamai. They learn about Jesus. They, they're, they're brought into our church family. That's what we are in Cambodia. We're a family, whether the girls work in the early learning center or they go to be free or whether they're part of the church, we're one family. And, and we have church on a Friday afternoon for our Kamai staff because a lot of them aren't allowed to come to church on a Sunday. They're banned from church by their families, but they, we have church on a Friday at lunchtime, and the families don't know about it, and they're able to praise and worship God. But I have to say, Esther is amazing in the role she plays and the, the job she does. And I really, I, I, I do honor her, um, and I say this anywhere we go, because she is amazing. The things that she deals with, the things that, we, that, that, um, that, that are put her way with, with, with running Be Free, the situations that come along, any single one of them would break your heart. They really would. Um, we have a, a hotel in Cambodia that um, men come and stay in, and they pay $800 to spend the evening with a three-year-old child. That's the level of what's going on in Phnom Penh. And Esther and Sakim are trying to help in their way, help girls that are being rescued from situations um, like that. Obviously, the ones that come to us are a little bit older, but even we have children who have came to our early learning centre who have been traumatised and, and, and have been affected in these sorts of ways. So, so please, please, please pray. For be free. Pray for Esther. Pray for Sakim and the situations that they deal with every day. Um, we had a situation not so long ago, and I, I touched on it earlier on when I talked to someone, and I said I may not mention it tonight, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, it, it was a situation where one of the be free girls rang Sakim in a panic, and someone had came and took her little child. Um, it was actually the ex boyfriend but he wasn't the father of the child and had took the child down to his house and she was panicking that the child would then be sold and that would be the last she'd see her child so Sakim rang me and says what are we going to do um, what are we going to do um, and I says we're going to have to go and get the child so we went down into an area it was a slum area it was a very very dark night um, there was no lights at all and there was about 10 to 12 men standing outside drinking and then there was the house. And I went walking down and I pushed through them. I went up into the house. I said to the family, this is not, the, this is not right. This is not happening. And I lifted the child. The child was two years old. He was naked. I lifted the child and I pushed my way back out. I walked down through the 12 men and walked down the, the, the alleyway. I said this morning, I'm not a brave person. I am not courageous. 
But honestly, there was no other option. It was the only way that this child was going to be saved. And I walked back to the tuk-tuk, um, which was sitting around the corner. We got in the tuk-tuk and we drove away. Now, I can tell you something. It wasn't me that stopped those men doing something that night. It was God. It was God and, his, uh, and the angels that were put there to protect me. And why? Because people like you are praying for us day and daily. And there's been people that have came up to me tonight. There's been two or three people who have randomly came to me and says to me, we pray for you every day. And you know what? <laughs> that is the most encouraging thing you can ever do for a missionary, is to come and tell them that you, you actually remember to pray for them every single day. I have the, the great privilege of... Um, Sakim has asked me to walk her down the aisle. And it, it means a lot. I'm trying to hold myself together here because it's good. Um, it means a lot because Esther and I could never have children. And we, I think I maybe talked about this the last time we were here. And all our lives we desperately wanted children. And we fought with God for a long, long time over this. 11, 12 years we fought with God wanting children. But God knew best. And now... When I go in to be free and I see my wife sit with six girls who, and three staff who are also the aides, um, who are all the aides that would have been our daughters, how their lives are being totally changed because of her love and the way that she acts, it just it breaks my heart. And, but, but, but the most amazing thing is God knew this long before we did. Her daddy, and I know that, but... I'm the closest thing to it that she has and she's so happy that, that I'm able to do that for her and it's such an honour for me. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I would have been marrying her otherwise but I don't know who's going to do that now. Probably Pastor Chimnap. But yes, so anyway, keep praying for Be Free. Keep praying for us. There's loads of things going on. There's so many exciting things going to happen with Emily. Um, Emily, can I come, come up a wee second? I'm sorry for doing this, but Emily, come here. Um, Emily is, go- she doesn't know all this yet, but I don't want to scare her. But Emily's going to be in charge of helping us put together an English school within our, ch- within our center, within, in the city. And we've got two really, really good um, Cambodian English speakers. One of them's Tita. I don't know if you remember Tita. And the other one is, is a guy for Sal. And these two are amazing. And with Emily, um, we are going to create this team. And there's possibly a girl from Northern Ireland who not, doesn't work with Elam, but she may be able to help as well. Um, and at night times, we're going to set up an English school, which is going to bring people to the church. It's, it's the biggest gateway to a Kamai church in the city is to having good English classes. So Emily's going to oversee that. She's going to work with us. Um, and she's capable and she's going to work, uh, work with us to, to put um, uh, um, some sort of a schedule together so that whenever she returns here, it can carry on and it can, it can go over and over and over again. And we'll have a curriculum put together. It's not going to be something there's a lot of pressure is going to be put on, but she's going to leave her imprint in Cambodia. And I know it. And it's going to bring many people to church. And we're going to see many people saved. And every time someone that comes to the English school gets saved, we're going to high-five Emily, and we're going to, we're going to let you know so you can celebrate too. 
There's also going to be English in the, in the villages as well. So I want you really to pray, not just for Emily and her safety and all those things, but pray into this English, just everything to do with the English side of things that she's going to do, because I promise you, it's going to be massively impactful in everything we do. And that's probably not a word. And Emily will probably tell me after it's not a word. But um, if it's not, she's already told me once or twice today that there's, the words I've used don't exist. So, so Esther does this all the time with me. She's going to do it now as well. Emily, bless you, love. And we're so excited about you coming on board with us. And you're part of the team and part of our family as well. We have a daughter for six months. God knows. Bless you, love. Thank you. Um, okay, just in closing, and I promise you it is in closing, um, just a few things which are, uh, as, <laughs> I apologize again for asking about finance, but this is our prayer card. Second of all, we have six children left. This is little Harry. Look at Harry. Isn't Harry beautiful? How could anybody not sponsor Harry? Honestly. Anyway, Harry is um, beautiful. But anyway, um, Harry's there to be sponsored along with five other children. It's £20 a month. I know many of you have already done this, but if you are here tonight and you want to sponsor, possibly preventing them from um, ending up being trafficked, and that's a massive thing. Um, the other thing I want to say tonight is, is that, okay, pound for pound, and I said this this morning, I know many of you were here. Some of you weren't. Some of you are from different Elam churches, and it's really great to have you all here tonight. This is a new thing. Well, it's, it's, it's a new thing to the Guernsey um, recently. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get everybody to pay one pound a week. So it, it works out at 48 pounds a, a year, not 52, 48 pounds a year, four pounds a month. And we're trying to get every Elam member to sign up and do this. If we did this, we'd have about 3.6 million. Now, we appreciate not everybody's going to sign up for it, but here's what I do need tonight, because Paul and I sort of, Paul said that I got 30 people today to sign up for this. I will be his favorite, but more importantly, you don't know how much you'll be helping people all over the world. If you can do this, please don't leave it to the person that's sitting beside you. Take it on yourself. Think about it. Please don't leave the night without doing this for me. I'm begging you about this. Pound a week. Pound a week. That's all. Pound a week. Finally, um, be free. I said this morning, <laughs> if you're a businessman or you know a businessman or you know a church or you know a school or anyone that wants to really go big in this, we need 12 people. I think we need two more now, okay? I think we've almost got 10. But I think we need two more people that can give £250 a month. Now, I don't expect anybody to be able to say to me here and now, there's £250 a month. But if you know anybody that has a business or, or wants to do something really, really special, we need 12 people to do this every month so that Esther can keep impacting lives in Cambodia. And I think you've seen tonight what she's doing in Be Free is amazing and what God's doing in those lives is, is amazing. So if you know a businessman or somebody who, who wants to do something really, really good for charity or, or whatever, please, please, please speak to Nicole or, or Pastor John or anybody just so that, so that they can get in touch with us.
and help us with that. If you want to do it in bite size, there is forms there that you can, you can do yourself. But anyway, enough talking about money. Please remember, most importantly, the pound for pound and pray for us. That's all, all, all we're, we're asking for. And thank you so much for having us. We love coming here. It's part of our, there's three or four churches we look on as family, and you're definitely one of them. So thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you. That's, that's amazing. Can I invite the worship group to come back up? We're going to do a final song. But before we do that, I just wonder, actually, David, Esther, and Emily, if you could come to the front. We just want to pray for you guys. Um, we just want to ask the leaders from any church to come up and pray for these guys. <laughs> any, anyone who wants to come up. Um, and uh, we're just going to pray for all of you and the work you're doing out there as well um, as you go off on, on Wednesdays. Father God, we, we just want to so thank you for, for Dave and Esther. We thank you for just the incredible work that is taking place in Cambodia, Lord. We want to thank you for them. We want to thank you for their heart. We want to thank you for the compassion that you've birthed in them. We thank you for the fruit they're seeing, God. We thank you for all the fruit. We thank you for the impact. We thank you for the influence. And Lord, now we, we come before you and we thank you that you're able to meet all our needs according to your riches and glory. And we pray for every practical need today. We pray for the finance. God, we pray, God, that you would, in amazing ways, Father, that you would release, you'd touch hearts, Father God, that you'd touch hearts to give and, and be part of what, what is taking place. And we pray, God, that every need will be met. We pray for these 12 um, churches, individuals that would supply this, God. We ask you, God, that that, that would take place and you'd touch hearts. And Father, they would see such an incredible abundance, Father, as they give, as they pour their lives out, we pray, God, that they would just see just incredible resources being poured in. And, and Lord, right now, we want to also want to pray for Emily. We thank you for Emily. We love her and we appreciate her, Lord God. And we pray in a very special way today, God, that you would, you would touch her life, Father, that these six months would just be incredible, Father, that you would be with her in every single situation, Father. We pray for wisdom. We pray for a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of understanding. We pray for strength. We we pray, Lord, for your peace. We pray for your power and your anointing, God, to be upon her in a very special way, Lord God. We just give it to you now. Just, Lord, just use her mightily, Lord, in these coming months, Lord. Use her to touch. Use her to, to win people for you. Use her, Lord, to influence and touch lives, Lord. And we pray for all that takes place. We thank you for that church in Cambodia. We pray, God, that you would anoint, Father. We pray for all the leaders, Father, mighty anointing upon them. We thank you for every dream. We thank you for every vision that burns in their heart, Lord. We pray the anointing of the Spirit of God would cause all that is burns within them to come to pass. And today we thank you for them. We thank you for the encouragement they bring to us, Lord. Thank you for the way they've, they've ministered to us over this, over this coming day. And, and we give them now to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this e-download from Latin Zealand Church. For more downloads, information, all of them chapter, please visit our website, thelatinleader.co.uk.